listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White, and I'm joined today by Carmen Perry. Carmen, I'm, I'm really excited about our next guest, you know, as somebody we've known for a long time. And uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, this is the first um, episode we've uh, recorded in the same room. Uh, so it ought to be entertaining and always good to uh, chat with uh, a marketer who's uh, who we've known for a while and uh, have, have, have worked with in the past and uh, certainly excited to be chatting with today. We have uh, Jeff Smeltzer joining us from MedOcean Telematics. Uh, Jeff, um, good to be chatting. Why don't you... Um, Introduce listeners to MedOcean a little bit and tell us a bit about yourself and how you got there. Yeah, well, it's good to be here as well. Um, I guess kind of start with MedOcean Telematics. We're a manufacturing company based in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. And we, uh, I always get asked uh, kind of the elevator pitch on this one and it gets a little complicated, but we have uh, essentially three business units. We have ocean sciences. So we develop uh, buoys and flashers and different uh, tracking devices for ocean assets. We also have a telematics line of business, which focuses on Iridium satellite communications products. We're a licensed reseller, and uh, we also we sell the products. We also develop uh, and facilitate integration and data analytics. And we have our third business unit, which is our defense and security, where we do a number of different things from search and rescue. Um, our search and rescue products have been used on a number of natural disasters across the world. Um, and we do uh, tra- have, set, have tracking technology that's used by law enforcement uh, agencies and government agencies across the world, in addition to a product that kind of takes our ocean sciences, um, our ocean sciences products and our iridium uh, tracking technology together. And it's our mass system, which is mobile acoustic scoring system, which is used for um, remote gunfire testing uh, by navies across the world. Very cool. I think that's one of the um, really interesting things about MedOcean, uh, and uh, and something that I think folks will be really interested to uh, to kind of dig into a bit is the um, the, the defense and security specialty it lends itself to a, you know very nuanced approaches to account based marketing. How do you actually identify leads in that space? How do you work and sell to people who are um, you know frankly have to be uh, go through a, a level of clearance to even view the products that you, you sell. So I think it's fascinating. How did you end up as the marketing and communications lead for MedOcean? What was the path up until now? Um, uh, folks listening in should, should know that you know Jeff's a reasonably young guy. He's in his 30s, uh, but very experienced in the space. So I find it fascinating that uh, you've had this, I think, a very uh, rapid uh, rise in your marketing career and uh I'm curious how you got there. Well, I mean, um, like any journey, it wasn't a straight one. So I, uh, I've been doing marketing probably a little over 10 years. And I started actually in nonprofit world. I was living in Ottawa and I worked for a company, well, uh, an organization called the Ottawa Folk Festival. Um, promoted concerts, uh, uh, wrote logistics, you know, pretty basic stuff. This was even really before online marketing was, you know, much of a thing. Um, I moved back uh, to Halifax after a couple of years away and started working for a company called Eastlink, um, which is 
for anyone here. It's a communications company for uh, mainly based in the east coast of Canada, but with systems across uh, across Canada all the way to Vancouver. I started as uh, in sales actually when I uh, came over and uh, moved into as a marketing coordinator and kind of quickly started to push. Um, Eastlink into uh, you know the online world a bit, which uh, very traditional, um, very traditional company. A lot of apprehension to putting too much out there, or even really communicating with customers online. Um, but uh, you know, I pushed to kind of change that. I was there for probably uh, just r- roughly under seven years, and uh, I kind of moved moved around to the competition, did a little work on the agency side, and. Um, Kind of landed at my current role by by chance. A uh, person I went to school with for years, um, director of sales over there, um, knew my background, knew what I could bring, and invited me to come on over. So, so the the sales connect. I mean, having uh, started in a sales role previously, and then you're connecting to the new role being essentially initially a sales on ramp versus a marketing one. I, I find that interesting, and the fact that both. A uh, previous uh, telecom role and the current role are uh, both have a, a similar challenge in that you're you're uh, marketing a fairly technical product uh, that is made or uh, or a service that's provided depending on the case uh, by people who uh, are deeply technical and maybe don't have a huge appetite for this business of marketing. Well, how has that experience been trying to get buy-in for progressive digital marketing initiatives amongst a more traditional manufacturing and even telecom organization? Yeah, I mean, it's always been a big challenge, but it's kind of been one that I've uh, I've enjoyed. I usually take a step of doing the research um, so I can answer the questions. You know, sometimes we like to rush into things and just take chances. Um, but I always try to take a step back so, um, you know, I can answer the questions with the data that I need to, to speak to those kind of, kinds of minds. Um, I think in my telco experience, it was more of a traditional corporate culture where even though it was smallish company, things took a long time to um, to happen. And I think coming in with, I hate the word best practices, but with an idea of what people view to be best practices kind of helped with any of the um, buy-in that I needed. Um, and, you know, once you convince someone to take, uh, you know, a board to take one chance and it turns out well, it, the next one's a little less challenging. So um, my current role, it's a little more, it's, you know, it's technical folks that I work with um, more so a lot of engineers. And I kind of, I try to go in with the numbers to back up the decisions that I'm making. Um, and once we have a success, you know, I communicate it and self, try to celebrate it internally with the numbers to back up how well we are doing. Do you think that that, uh, that that side of backing things up with the numbers, maybe the the fact of your previous sales experience, do you think that helps you in a marketing role to be able to kind of show an understanding of exactly how how things come to fruition and, and become revenue? You know, or even having an eye for numbers. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, um, <laughs> I, I know enough with, I can do enough with numbers to be dangerous, but it's not my, <laughs> really my forte. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, having some sales background has helped that journey. Um, it's, it's also helped me kind of look at 
creating goals and numbers for my marketing teams that are based on uh, based on our sales team's goals. I've re- I've always been a proponent of really working closely together. Um, in some organizations that even that I have worked with, sales has their goals, marketing has theirs, they're running funnels and they never really talk together. Once you kind of bring them together, that's when you start to see some, you know, the magic happen. I find um, uh, your comments earlier about um, kind of early wins, I think there's some, uh, there's some wisdom in there I'd like to kind of pull out a little bit more. Because I, I guess I found that we've worked with a, 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 an awful lot of marketers over the years that are reasonably new to their roles. And I would say that um, the, one of the commonalities among those who seem to really succeed uh, is that they, are, they seem to have an ability to identify the opportunities for early wins. And they similarly aren't afraid of communicating those early wins internally. And they seem to just have a natural way of, of doing that. And and you almost said both of those things without saying either of them in your description of, uh, of, of, of why you think, back, for instance, backing things up with numbers has been helpful. I know that MetOcean does a fair amount of uh, trade show work and uh, kind of getting out there and meeting people. How, how do you really see that? side of uh you know the physical world meeting the digital world and and how do you kind of bring those things together and and what's uh what's met ocean's kind of trade show strategy and how are you working that well um you know that's great that you brought that up because that's something that um kind of identified that we have to do better because we do between 25 and 30 trade shows a year um they're based across the world uh the majority would be in Europe um, and and Asia, um, compared to maybe two or three in Canada and maybe five or six in the United States. So we're really, really traveling a lot. Um, it's mainly our sales team that takes part in those. And we really need to kind of um, do a better job at bringing those leads into our I'm trying to think of the word, but we really need to do a better job of taking advantage of those leads. Uh, they get kind of get lost in the sales flow, I think. Um, Bring them into the into some sort of process, so exactly. That, uh, yeah, you can capitalize on them. I, I find that I, I've heard this from a number of manufacturing marketers that they have a a lot of budget tied up in trade show, and 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 uh, inevitably some very bottom of funnel leads do spill out of uh, the, the, the trade show work that the sales organization will take a hold of because they're very sales ready leads. But then there's another bucket of leads that are likely or could be being captured in those events, but they're either A, not being captured or B, if they are being captured, they're not being nurtured appropriately because Frankly, they're just not being actioned because they're not sales um, oriented. You know, they're not sales ready at that at that stage. Is that what you're encountering? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of leads are being left behind. Um, maybe that maybe they get back to six months later. But I think there's a lot that we could be doing to kind of provide them with more information and help sales with their job of backing it up with information that would be relevant and help move them further along uh, the sales funnel. So. Um, 
you know, hopefully that's something I'll be able to work with you guys on uh, over the coming time. <laughs> well, we can, uh, you know, craft the no lead left behind strategy. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Well, it's, it's, I mean, if we're talking about a trade show fundamentally every two weeks, if you're talking about 25 to 30. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's a, it's a huge a, a expense of not just outlay of cash, but also of time and, and attention of, uh, of team members. Do we see it going away? I mean, their trade show in your space, are you seeing more demand for them or less for them from the sales organization? Definitely not going away. We get a great deal of leads from trade shows, especially with our military products and our defense and security. Um, sometimes that's the only way for us to really build qualified leads in those areas. A lot of our uh, defense and security um, and tracking conferences are invite only, and that's the only way you're you know, going to be able to meet those leads, uh, especially when you're dealing with law enforcement agencies and, uh, you know, higher ups in navies across the world. So for defense and security, no, I think uh, trade shows are going to be important for quite some time. Um, science community as well. Um, I don't see them going anywhere. Um, telematics, I think, is our telematics areas. I think we're we can see the most growth online and uh, we're, we're beginning to nurture that right now. You're listening to The Coolering, conversations on manufacturing marketing. Don't forget to subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the coolering. That's kulapartners.com slash the coolering. Jeff, tell me a bit about kind of where you see, you know, beyond the trade shows and, and, and that sort of thing. Where, where do you think the future of digital marketing lies? Yeah, uh, you know, um, I'm a I'm a big fan of inbound marketing. Something we need to do a lot more, and a lot of that, and a lot of manufacturers, a lot of companies find it challenging because of internal resources just to create the content that you need. Um, but I find providing information that's going to educate and inform, um, and then sell later on is extremely important part of the marketing mix. Um, if I can educate someone and show them how my products may be able to help them or how, you know, the types of products that we sell will be able to help them, um, they're going to come back in the end. So I think that's, I think that's something that um, is going to continue growing. I find um, uh, one of the, uh, what you hear a lot of from the folks at uh, CEB Gartner these days, um, which I think is very instructive for, for inbound marketers, is this notion of challenger content. Um, and I think um, you know, manufacturers are uh, have, a, have a unique opportunity there because they often um, have a, a level of um, I guess, information advantage over those they're selling to. Um, often if something that they're manufacturing is proprietary or what have you, they know more about it than those who are buying from them, as opposed to, say, a, a car salesman who uh, simply has the same information about the car as the person uh, about to buy it. So CEB and Gartner, with their, their focus on challenger um, uh, content, I mean, they're, they're, they're really encouraging people to, um, that, that they need to create content to fuel their inbound programs. And they don't even state it that way. Uh, they don't focus on inbound necessarily. But as part of the sales conversation, um, uh, content that, 
that, that, that fundamentally tells a prospect that uh, there's something about their business that they are not understanding. There's something about their world that isn't obvious or hasn't been obvious to them uh, so far. And, and therefore, uh, and here's a new way of looking at the world as an example. And that, that's kind of the definition of challenger content in a way. And I'm probably bastardizing that in some way for any CEB Gartner folks that will ever listen to this. But I'm curious, as you've looked at inbound content and the role of inbound marketing from, from Met Ocean in the next three to five years, um, I guess how big of a how big of a hill is that? Do you feel to to get to the level where you're creating a, 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 a the type of content that can really advance those sales conversations and and really do you do you feel like the that the that it, how how easy is it going to be to get a manufacturing organization into the world of publishing? Uh, you know, I really don't think it's going to be that difficult as long as we can you know have some have some wins and show the successes that come along from it. Um, you know, every time that I publish something on social media or even a blog post on my on my website, I can track the amount of leads for the day that it's published and the two days afterwards. And you can see a spike on that on your analytics. I mean, the more you publish useful, relevant information, the more that's going to bring traffic to your site. And I would argue more qualified leads. Um, as long as you know we can find the time and the resources to facilitate creating that content, it's really a no-brainer from my perspective. There seems to be a bit of a... I would say a bit of a divide uh, in the marketing community. On the one side is uh, folks who believe that content is far too important to leave to anyone other than those in marketing and communications roles, uh, that that they um, it's up to them to, I guess, harvest the knowledge from the more technical members of the team and translate that into something more consumable. And then there will be marketers on the other side of it that feel that it's uh, their duty in some way and uh, that success lies in creating capacity in the organization for it to create its own content. So to have those engineers and technical resources creating their own content as an example. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? It sounds as though you're, uh, the method that you're going down is to have marketing more having the pen on those resources and pulling from the technical uh, expertise as needed. but uh, I think I'd kind of be in the middle of that. Um, I think marketing's role is to curate the content. Um, some of our clients are very technically minded and uh, an engineer could write a brilliant uh, piece that would benefit them. I think marketing's goal is to take that brilliant piece of content and make it accessible for anyone who might come across it. So I, I kind of think of marketing as a curator of uh, curator of content for the organization. It's certainly, I mean, marketing is going to be a bit more skilled at kind of crafting the language or around that, but, uh, you know, you can't, you can't, um, take any shortcuts when it comes to describing technical products either. You have to have that knowledge to kind of pull into it and ensure you're, you're providing the data and details that people are looking for. Agree a hundred percent. Um, you know, I, for any of our marketing, uh, material, our product sales material that goes out and even the content on our website, we have a technical resource that we depend on heavily to provide us with the right information. I know that, um, Jeff, that MetOcean has been 
uh, involved in a, a, a quite a bit of M and A and activity over the the last while, and and the, you know it's a small manufacturer, but but growing rapidly. Um, and that puts you in an interesting position um, as the marketing lead there, and that you're, you know, undoubtedly as uh, the organization continues to grow, uh, you're likely to uh, be growing your marketing complement with it and uh, uh, seeking to uh, attract uh, marketing talent to Med Ocean. I wonder if you've given any thought to um, to that um, in terms of. You know what are what do you believe uh, some of those key marketing roles of the future might be as the organization scales, and um, you know where do you think the challenges might lie in that recruitment path? I'm curious. Uh, um, many manufacturers are challenged to recruit uh, large departments of digital marketing talent, etc. So if you given that thought about crossing that bridge? We recently, well, about six months ago, I was involved in hiring a marketing coordinator for our team. Um, and we kind of, we took the approach, kind of a jack of all trades, um, strong design background, um, but yet uh, moderate uh, writing, uh, writing capabilities. That's turned out quite good so far. But I mean, we really, as we continue to grow, we're either going to need to up our uh, reliance on our agency partners or start to expand the team. Um, I would kind of envision my ideal, you know, group of marketers as um, someone focused on our social media management, someone focused on our online content creation uh, and uh, graphic designer add to the team. Um, with that mix, I think we'd uh, be in a very strong position. Um, but until we do that, we're going to continue um, working with our agency partners to kind of supplement uh, the work that we need to come out. Well, Jeff, uh, really like to thank you for being on the Cooler Ring today. We've uh, enjoyed chatting with you and uh, hearing about the uh, the challenges and opportunities and uh, you know everything that you've been doing with uh, from a marketing perspective at MedOcean. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.